The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski outside right now looking cloudy, 71 degrees in Buffalo. Family members of victims of the 514 top shooting have filed a civil lawsuit against those they feel are responsible for the attack. WBEN's Mike Brayton Wilson has more on the exactly who is and where it goes from here. As detailed in a 171-page civil complaint, attorneys representing the families affected by the Topps mass shooting last year on May 14th are going after a number of different entities, including social media companies, gun manufacturers, the parents of gunman Peyton Gendron, and others. Essentially, the lawsuit is a vehicle to hold all of those accountable who played some role in the connection with this horrible, horrible massacre. And so we looked through the gun industry, we looked through the manufacturers of the body armor. Why would an 18-year-old kid have this kind of body armor? We looked at the high-caliber magazines that were provided to him, illegal in the state of New York, and, you know, we looked through the online digital platforms to see who's pushing it, who's encouraging him, who's enabling him, who's teaching him how to do it. And so it's a very comprehensive That's Buffalo-based attorney Terry Connors. While the complaint was just filed on Wednesday by attorneys, this case is expected to take quite a long while before a resolution is decided on. Along the way, it is expected for lawyers to be faced with several challenges that could complicate matters with this lawsuit. Attorney Amy Keller from DiCello Levitt LLP, based out of Chicago, knows one of the first challenges will likely come from social media companies attempting to raise Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act as a shield to prevent them from being liable. It's really funny. The Communications Decency Act kind of allows people online to be completely indecent and say the most hateful and vile things. And it was created so that companies where this information is reposted can't be sued for libel or defamation. That's not what our lawsuit is about. And I think it's really important that people understand we're talking about the design of the products themselves being defective and dangerous and enabling this kind of thing to happen. More regarding the civil lawsuit filed Wednesday is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you. We'll have much more on this, including reaction from the families involved in the suit coming up at the bottom of the hour. Well, the manhunt continues in northwestern Pennsylvania for prison escapee Michael Burham, who's suspected of murder and remains on the run. Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens of the Pennsylvania State Police provided another update yesterday. We continue to use technology, including DNA comparisons, to either include or exclude Burham from various sites. As I've told you, there are currently in excess of 15 federal, state, and local agencies actively participating in this manhunt. Authorities using drones, helicopters, dogs, and more to search a remote area where they think the 34-year-old Burham could be. We'll hear more from Pennsylvania State Police a little bit later on this morning. Members of the Buffalo Bills training staff were given the Pat Tillman Award for service at ESPN's ESPY Awards last night. Head athletic trainer Nate Bresky says the staff did just what they were supposed to do on the night DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field. This team next to me, who is celebrated tonight, we're not used to having the spotlight on us. Like, we, we were just doing our job. This story is about a lot of things, but to us, it's about raising an awareness of cardiac events, which happen every day in so many different places. Please support funding for AED and CPR training, especially in underserved communities, as well as the need for athletic trainers in youth sports. 
And Damar Hamlin himself was there presenting the award to the Bills training staff, a very emotional scene. You can watch that this morning. It's on WBEN.com. Uh, emotional very. scene. Uh, I mean, Damar Hamlin breaking down when, you know, introducing right. the people who saved his life on stage was uh, really something and to see. the entire crowd, they were all on their feet. Yeah. Wiping uh, tears away. It was really, really something to see. Well, Hamburg residents once again mobilizing to express their concerns over a proposed asphalt plant that may be coming to their neighborhood, AL Asphalt. You might remember, first proposed a plant back in 2019. Opposition from residents, though, stifled those plans. They made a similar proposal in Niagara County, faced the same reaction. Last night, they were back in Hamburg at a meeting. The plan would the plants would sit at 5690 Camp Road, which some Hamburg residents say is too close to the middle school there. Jeanette Kanchkowski told Channel 7 there's a reason there's continued pushback. I'm personally frustrated with it. We won this fight in 2019. We all thought it was done. The proposed site is about 1,500 to 1,600 feet from the grounds of the middle school, Hamburg Middle School, as well as Hamburg High School. There is also um, an Elderwood, Elderwood facility there for geriatric patients and a daycare. So lots of vulnerable communities would be impacted by this. No timetable as of right now for a decision. Work is set to begin today on opening up more of Main Street downtown to vehicle traffic. WBEN's Max Ferry has more on the project and the impact already seen from cars being back on Main over the last several years. The Niagara Frontier Transportation Authority has started construction work this Thursday on the replacement of the Metro Rail and other work near the 400 block of Main and Church Street, marking the start of big projects on the way in the upcoming years for Main Street, which could bring some real economic revitalization to the more absent areas of the street. We'll be changing our catenary, track bed, rail replacement. So it's all um, in conjunction with uh, bringing cars back on Main Street. It's an opportunity for us to make sure that the track bed and all the other things that's related to operating the rail system in downtown is there for the foreseeable future. NFTA's Public Transit Director James Morrell. A project that will potentially be in construction concurrently with the NFTA's work is the long-awaited continuation of the car-sharing Main Street project. Nearly one year ago, state and city elected officials announced at Canalside over $53 million in funding to complete the remaining Main street sections that remain carless. We're moving through with design uh, of the 400, actually design of the 400 and 300 block now, and we'll start construction. We anticipate starting construction next year, and it'll probably be a, a two-year process for us, 2024, and, and then, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll probably end up catching up to the NFTA as they're, I think they have a two-year process where they're completing 23 and 24, so we'll kind of mesh in, in with them on 24, and, and we'll we'll keep rolling through kind of that 300 block after that and, and wrap the whole thing up in, in 25. Buffalo Department of Public Works Commissioner Nate Martin. The most recently completed blocks of the Cars on Main Street project have recently seen great economic growth. You can hear more on how at WBEN.com. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. All right, uh, Max, thank you, and a lot of people awaiting the extension of Cars on Main Street. New economic Data finding American households able to stretch their dollar further today than a year ago. The U.S. Consumer Price Index, which measures how much households spend on average for goods and services and is used as a gauge for inflation, finding welcome news that for 12 straight months, inflation appears to be easing. 
The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics finding June's consumer prices were 3% higher than a year ago, marking the lowest increase in more than two years, tumbling from last summer's peak when prices were 9% higher year over year. Justin Finch there with a report from Washington. We'll be talking more about this coming up, a live interview with bank rates. Also, Caleb Silver checking in on what these numbers mean for you. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Chance for a shower, thunder shower this morning. Partly sunny, breezy this afternoon. Temperatures in the upper 70s. For tonight, partly cloudy skies. Overnight lows in the low 60s. On Friday, a good deal of sunshine, low 80s. Storm chance returns as we head towards Saturday afternoon. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us on the line is Terry Connors, uh, attorney involved in that lawsuit representing some family members of victims of the top shooting. Civil suit now going after uh, social media companies, uh, mostly, Terry, and that's where I want to start this conversation. Thanks for joining us, and social media has been something we've talked about a lot in the past uh, year plus now when it comes to some of the reasons behind this. How exactly are you looking to hold social media companies accountable for what the families feel is their role in this attack? Well, as we've alleged in the complaint, the design of the social media platforms is a defective design. It's designed to addict, and in this case, to radicalize the shooter. And the proof will be very similar to some of the other litigation that has been filed regarding social media companies in the United States. There's now a focus on their on their conduct. There's a focus on what they're doing to derive profits from uh, attracting users, keeping them online, diverting them to content that's in many cases harmful, persuasive, and, and affects their overall capacities. So the important part is this research has shown that in our adolescents, you know, in our teenagers, they can be disturbingly affected by what they are looking at online on a regular basis. And when they're pushed towards these uh, content by the algorithms that have been created to keep them online, it influences them. And there's substantial research that's been done in this field, and it's likely going to be the subject of substantial proof at the time of trial. Meta, Reddit, Amazon, Twitch, Alphabet, Snap, all named here. And I'm maybe yeah. missing a couple too. How do you, are they, are they being held equally the, the same or how are you doing this? Well, that's a de- depending in large measure upon the proof. And keep in mind what will happen next. The next phase will be the discovery phase of the litigation. So we'll be able to find out uh, additional information supplementing our research in the field as to their algorithms, as to uh, the shooter's usage. In other words, you know, what was his focus and, and what did he obtain the information from? He got something from YouTube that might have been a tutorial. He got something from some of the companies owned by Meta and some of the companies owned by Reddit. Uh, those were all part of the overall scheme of things that created in turning this 18-year-old into a radical, uh, really radicalizing this 18-year-old. I, how exactly does this, if it at all, uh, mesh with this recent ruling that we've had, this Missouri versus Biden 
ruling talking about federal officials uh, encouraging social media to hold back some information, to silence some posts. A judge recently ruled that you can't really do that if you are a government, uh, you know, kind of strong-arm social media companies into altering the content. Does that in any way, you know, happening so recently, have an impact on this suit? It really doesn't, Brian. That's more First Amendment content-based, and that's uh, nothing to do with our lawsuit. Our lawsuit is the concept is the product design. If you manufacture, you create a product, and you put it into the mainstream of commerce, you have an obligation to see that that product is not defective. It's no different than automobiles or other machines and things of that nature. That's the concept. When you do manufacture something that is defective and it causes harm, there's an obligation to be held accountable. I mean, more relevant would be what the U.S. Attorney General, what the U.S. Surgeon General just came out with in their report that deals with the effect of social media on on our adolescents and on our children. Yesterday, uh, Ben Crump, uh, who was with you at this news conference, he indicated that the suit is going after conspirators in this. He said others, the word others he used. Are there other parties that we don't know about that are part of this? Well, the lawsuit is an ongoing and evolving process. And you reassess all the time, you know, where the individual accountability lies. And so what took us so long was the time we spent looking at those who should be held accountable. But that doesn't mean that we won't continue to look, to examine. And as the discovery process unfolds, find out other information. If it takes us in a different direction, we'll go in whatever direction is necessary to obtain justice for these families. These are a very special group of people. When you look at the uh, what might be to come and uh, how this plays out in court, some of these arguments of a product design, is it defective? Uh, should right. they know, based on this report of the effect of social media on children, uh, that they need to change something? How receptive have courts been, have juries been to these ideas, or is this really one of the first times this will be tested? Well, there have been other lawsuits that have been in this area. Um, There have been a number of lawsuits that have been uh, filed by individual families whose children have become anorexic or whose problems with suicide, things of that nature. Those lawsuits are proceeding. They're proceeding throughout the courts in 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 the United States. And so there's really, uh, when when someone said it was landmark or historic, and um, the concept is not, but the the use of this type of a theory with respect to social media platforms is something that's now being applied on a regular basis. But to answer your question, Brian, there's not a lot of precedent that's out there already. There are some, and there's some favorable precedent that we will use in order to get this matter to the jury. Of all the parties that were named yesterday, Terry, uh, social media sites, gun retailers, the shooter's parents, I didn't see gun manufacturer. Is there a reason for that? Yes, yes, there is. We looked long and hard at that because, as you may have known from uh, our prior interviews, we have had cases against gun manufacturers. But in this situation, the manufacturer had filed for bankruptcy to obtain the protection of the bankruptcy laws. Now, once that happens, 
you can't bring a lawsuit against a company that is in bankruptcy or that has the protection of what they call a channeling injunction, an injunction that prevents you from doing that. So we looked at that and tried to determine if there was a procedural vehicle that would allow us to bring that type of litigation. We found, quite frankly, that this would be something that would slow us down dr- uh, dramatically, that would be something that would be perhaps brought and switched into bankruptcy court, and that that looked not to be the appropriate procedural path. But as, I, as I've said earlier, we're, we're constantly evaluating the situation. There's an ongoing federal case uh, that we all know. How does that impact what you're doing here? Uh, you mean the federal criminal case? Yes. <clears throat> well, uh, it doesn't really because that is designed to determine what would be the appropriate punishment for uh, the shooter. In other words, would he be a candidate for the death penalty sanction or would he be someone who will simply be placed in prison for the rest of his life? So that doesn't affect us directly. There is an indirect effect, though, Brian, for certain. And that indirect effect is that there may be information that comes out from the investigation that was done by the federal authorities that would be relevant to our our case. And we will monitor it closely. Uh, hopefully at some point they'll be able to share that information with us. That's been the subject of some controversy already. But if we are able to get that additional information, we believe it would simply buttress our claim. Terry, thank you for the time this morning. It's my pleasure. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.